With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for listening to the Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, Thursday edition football is back already. Don't have to wait very long these days. Uh, Where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. And we're also brought to you by Granger, America's trusted source for industrial and safety supplies. Visit Granger.com. The long national nightmare of Cleveland could be over in about live math on the air is always dangerous for me 20 hours is that right Eh, maybe a little bit less than 20 hours anyway the Cleveland Browns are playing and they are playing against the New York Jets and even Wilder they are favored to win The last I checked, they are around a three-point favorite. The Browns in the past three seasons of football are, let me try to get this right, 132-1. Think about how hard that is to pull off in the NFL, which is predicated on the idea that any given Sunday, any team can win. In the last three football seasons, the Browns are 132-1. And one, and they are a favorite tonight against the Jets in the opener of NFL Week Three action. Now, I'm actually probably going to be on the Jets because I don't think you can bet on the Browns until the Browns actually win, and because we know that Sam Darnold has already played in one big game, Monday Night Football opener against the Detroit Lions, and found a way to win. Having said that. I am certainly rooting for the Browns to win 
because I am so tired of the Browns losing, and I'm also tired of Hugh Jackson saying things about how he's confident in his team and everything else, and I actually just feel bad for the guy. Think about how many years Hugh Jackson would have to coach now to end up with a winning record in the NFL. This dude might have to coach until he's 140 to be able to get back to even in the NFL. When you start off in a 31-game hole, it ain't easy to get all the way back. Most NFL coaches, look at Jeff Fisher. The guy goes 8-8, eight 9-7, and 7-9 eight, and seven, seven and nine every year. And he's been coaching for 25 years. I can't even imagine what's going to be required of Hugh Jackson to ever get back to even. But first, he's got to actually win a game. 132-1. and one. Will he get it done tonight? Will the Browns' long national nightmare end? Let me go ahead and bring in the crew. I'm not sure myself. I'm going to take the under in this game. little preview for my pick today and lock it in. 4.30 Eastern on FS1. Danny G, will the Browns' long national nightmare end tonight and will they finally win a football game? I say yes, they're going to win because their defense is good enough to beat the Jets. So you're all in on this. Uh, Eddie Garcia, will it happen? I'm saying no. It, I'm, uh, I'm, 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 <laughs> all I know is true. All I know is Debbie the Browns Downer. being inept, and I just can't imagine them actually uh, putting a game together. Can you believe that they are favored in a game? I mean, this seems crazy to me that you would favor the Browns over anybody. Let's go to Dub, Dub in Nashville, uh, our, our phone guru. Dub, what's going to happen? I like the Browns. This is the third game in 11 days for the Jets. They got to be Yeah, I've heard the, the three games in 11 days angle for the for the Jets. They opened on Monday Night Football. They played a Sunday, and now they're playing a Thursday, which in theory is a lot of football in a very short period of time for a team that's not very good. Uh, I will be watching because it's Thursday Night Football, and I'm genuinely curious whether the Browns can get it done or not. But it is a pretty remarkable string because if you think about it, the Browns don't win tonight. All right. First of all, everybody's going to take notice. I feel like a lot of times when a team loses, nobody notices. When you get this signature Thursday night game, Sunday night football game, Monday night football game, everybody is watching you. And so if you lose, it's much more noticeable. If the Browns lose this one, I think they're in trouble for who they're going to beat next. Because listen, listen to this. Uh, they play the Raiders. And I know we've made fun of Danny G and uh, Roberto's Raiders team. But going on the road against the Raiders, I don't feel optimistic that that John Gruden is going to lose that game. Uh, then they play the Ravens. I don't feel like the Ravens are going to lose to them. The Chargers are my Super Bowl pick. I feel like the Chargers are going to beat the Browns. Then they go on the road against the Bucks, who are on fire right now. I don't feel good about that game either. Then they go on the road against the Steelers for their second game against the Steelers. Maybe they could make a run there if the Steelers continue to fall apart. Then they've got the Chiefs. Then they've got the Falcons. Then they've got the Bengals, the Texans, the Panthers on the road against the Broncos, the Bengals again, and they close on the road against the Ravens. This is maybe the only game they're going to be favored in, guys, for the rest of the season. And I don't want to be, I mean, I don't want to be an alarmist here. But if the Browns don't win this game, I think there's a decent chance they could go winless the rest of the way. 
And you know what's funny is Bud Light, did you see I see this story at the like a, a month ago or two months ago or whenever they did it? They are promising free beer all over the city of Cleveland when the Browns actually win a game. And it's actually a great marketing campaign. They brought in all these coolers full of beer and locked them, and the bar can't open it until the Browns actually win a football game. So it could be tonight. But if the Browns don't win tonight, then then the clock is really going to start to tick going forward. And I think it turns into a when-is-it-ever-going-to-happen type situation. I also think if the Browns lose tonight and they were to fall to – it's always difficult to do their schedule now because of that tie game. They were to fall to 0-2-1. When do you have to make the decision to go with Baker Mayfield? If you are an awful football team and nothing is going well in your direction and you have a number one overall draft pick sitting on the sideline. Don't you at some point just have to make the transition to try to make things a little bit more entertaining for your home fans? I think so. But anyway, the Browns, massive game going on tonight. If they win, they would go to 1-1-1, one, one, and one, which is a schedule you don't see very often. Maybe the perfect Browns schedule. Uh, perfect Browns record. And if they lose, they're going to go to... 2 and one and effectively be out of the picture already again. I just ran you through all those other different games. We're also gearing up for the NFL Week 3 action, which to me is highlighted by the drama that is starting to fall all around the NFL, and in particular with the Steelers. I don't remember a situation where there was this much drama involving this many different players. If you are a Steelers fan, and I know this game's not till Monday night, but if you are a Steelers fan, you're dealing with Le'Veon Bell dropping a rap album. Danny G, have you heard any of the tracks from this rap album that Le'Veon Bell dropped? Yeah, I was listening in my car on the ride over here to the studios. How is he as a rapper? No, I'm just kidding. He's yeah, he, I, sure he's garbage. <laughs> I mean, what? who's the last athlete that you heard with good lyrics? Kobe, Kobe and Deion Sanders oh, God. both were Kobe incredible. Kobe was garbage, and I, and, I, hey. and I like Kobe. Yeah, Shaq Fu. Maybe Kobe, with the Fushnickens. Kobe, Kobe was great. Uh, Deion Sanders must be the money, I think it was. What was the <laughs> oh, great God. Deion oh, Sanders? Oh, that was horrible. That? that was terrible. And then Shaq had the great uh, great song, which seems like it would be a difficult rap lyric. My biological didn't bother about how, like, he literally used the phrase biological for his biological father. And I think the, the title of the rap track was, like, my biological didn't bother. And you're like, this is the worst hook ever. <laughs> you know, like, can you imagine people in the, uh, in the club, like, just dancing along to my biological didn't bother? Um, so, and Shaq was actually fairly talented in the grand scheme of things. Uh, I'm not sure. I have no idea who the most successful guy was. But I feel like that's how much off the tracks the Pittsburgh Steelers are, that somehow Le'Veon Bell not showing up for his $14 million a year contract and throwing himself a party for the release of his own rap album doesn't even seem like outside the bounds at all. It's like, oh, yeah, so and he's on a jet ski. And by the way, I don't know what Le'Veon Bell weighs now, but he looks a solid 20 pounds over what he needs to be playing weight, right? Have you Did you see those pictures of him? I mean, the dude is not not hurting when it comes to eating off the field right now. He looks – I don't want to say he's Eddie Lacy-like, 
but uh, but he is uh, he, there's some bad angles on Le'Veon Bell right now when it comes to uh, to what the weight looks like. But he's out on a jet ski. He's having yacht parties. He's releasing rap albums. I mean, this is like a Ballers episode uh, brought to life. He's down in South Florida right now, just kind of chilling. Uh, meanwhile, you've got Ben Roethlisberger getting named in the Stormy Daniels uh, book as alongside of Donald Trump. Uh, you've got, which is crazy in and of itself, and a wild story. You've got the uh, you've got the zaniness uh, associated with Antonio Brown, who just decides out of nowhere. I I do think this is an interesting question. If you are Antonio Brown, and and I would say this, I'm starting to have this revelation myself. If you're because my mentions have gotten, I get so many mentions now, and I don't have time with the television show and the book coming out and everything else that I'm doing. I don't have time to read my mentions very much. I just kind of scroll through uh, my verified mentions, make sure I'm not missing somebody saying something, or you know, I look at the people that I follow to make sure I'm not missing anything there. If you are Antonio Brown, why are you going through your mentions and caring what caring what an uh, Pittsburgh Steelers PR guy says? Right? I mean, why are you broadcasting anything like, well, go ahead and trade me then, unless what they have said is something that you yourself are concerned about. And if you're not familiar with it, basically uh, a former Steelers staffer said, man, that's a, it's a, a tongue twister there, former Steelers staffer said that uh, that the reason why Antonio Brown got paid what he did, he should thank his lucky stars that he played for Ben Roethlisberger. And for, evidently he's offended by that. And, and, and so he fires back, and now the question is, he didn't show up for work, is Antonio Brown going to end up getting traded too? There's a lot of drama on the Steelers right now. And I think ultimately this has to reflect back on Mike Tomlin. And Mike Tomlin has been under fire now for a while. I think that uh, that he's lost control of the good ship Steelers. And the question is, how do you get back control? What's going to happen? I love on Monday night the idea that we are going to see a coronation of Fitz Magic, that he's going to wave the magic wand and he's going to whip the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday night football. And then everybody's going to be like, oh my God, what's happening here? And the end result is going to be the AFC North outside of the Browns, who I think most people, including me, assume will just fumble their way uh, to another bad season. And the Steelers, who I think will be, are likely to be 0-2-1 at the end of Monday Night Football uh, here in a few days. AFC North is going to be wide open. Bengals are undefeated. Ravens look good in Week 1, lost a tough one in Week 2. A lot of interesting storylines there. Um, we'll open up the phone lines. We've got a gambling guest at the bottom of the hour. Hour two, we'll go with uh, John Morosi. Dodgers got a big win. I have now lost, by the way, on Lock It In, six straight bets on baseball, which is hard to do. I uh, I, I bet against the Dodgers last night, the night before ah, I bet on the Dodgers. That's what you it's get. Like I, I can't even play uh, either side here. Do you think this thing is over for the Dodgers, Danny G? You guys are obsessed with the Dodgers out in L.A. right now. They're up what two and a half games now yep. in this uh, in this thing with what like nine to go. Last Is home it- stand for the Dodgers, they have the Padres, which if they focus, that's not going to be a hard home stand to sweep. So Dodgers, over. Yeah, Dodgers are in control right now for sure. They have hot hitters and good pitching, and they got hot when it counts. Same as last season. Remember when they had that slump and then they came alive right at the end of the season? Yeah, you know, I mean, there's not going to be. It doesn't appear to be 
that many great down the stretch uh, you know races. We'll see what happens in the NL Central. The Cubs are up a couple. Of, I, I'm not a guy who pays a lot of attention, obviously, to regular season baseball. When you come down the last week and you start to look at the pennant races, the Dodgers now are up two and a half games. With uh, tell me the math here, to how many games to play now? Uh, about uh, about eight. Yeah, Is that right. Yeah, we're down to the last nine days of the season here. All right, so we'll see what ends up happening there. We're going to talk an hour or two to John Morosi. He's our baseball expert for baseball guy out there. You will get uh, an expert's opinion on how these uh, races are going to come down. I'm looking at the standings right now. The Cubs are up two and a half. The Dodgers are up two and a half uh, in terms of winning their respective divisions. Otherwise, it doesn't really look like unless Oakland gets super hot, that they are going to uh, to, to be able in uh, the AL West to make that a race either. So we may not end up with any actual down-to-the-wire races. Well, we'll you, do have the, you do have the Rockies. Card, yeah, know. the Rockies and the Cardinals fighting for that last wild-card spot. Yeah, totally understand the wild-card uh, wild battle. But in general, it should be intriguing to see what is going to, uh, to end up transpiring. We'll talk about that with John Morosi. Hour three He's on Lock It In with me, and he's been on an absolute tear. He went 8-0 on his picks over the first weekend of Lock It In. He's Todd Furman, so uh, we will have him on, I believe, in hour three. I need to text him and make sure I wake him up out uh, in Las Vegas for the final hour of the show. But that is where we are headed. Thursday edition. I hope all of you are uh, having a fantastic morning. Continue to break this down. Uh, I've got a couple of stats that, uh, that I think will uh, will blow your mind on the uh, Cleveland Browns that I'll hit you with, too, as we get ready for Thursday night football between the Browns and the Jets. I am Clay Travis. This is Outkick, the coverage. And also, maybe you're going to go ahead and start and make a decision. You know what? I'd like to wager on tonight's game. We know lots of big sports fans do, especially during football season. And you can get in on the action with MyBookie.net. MyBookie.net is the industry-leading sports action website that offers real Vegas odds, on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score. MyBookie.net lets you play online and win big. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie.net has in-game live action on every major league event, even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie.net than today. Go to MyBookie.net to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CLAY when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Get in on the action. Visit MyBookie.net's website today and use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, to get a 100% sign-up bonus mybookie.net promo code clay for a hundred percent bonus no deposit necessary terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only void where prohibited music please i dribble around like basketball i'm people call me et Skill O'Neal bringing us back. Do we have my biological don't, biological don't bother somewhere out there? I hope not. Uh, that is uh, Shaq bringing us back in honor of Le'Veon Bell's new album dropping. Welcome back. This is like, uh, do you remember like the day after the Malice in the Palace? Didn't Steven Ron Jackson? Artest, oh. No, Ron Artest had a uh, had a. I think he had a rap um, like production company or something, and he went on the Today Show 
to do an interview and he tried to promote his uh, uh, his rap album that, that one of his groups was selling. And if I remember correctly, I mean, this has been what, like 13 or 14 years ago almost now since the Malice in the Palace. But if I remember correctly, Ron Artest, who obviously would later change his name to Metal World Peace, I feel like that album sold like 90 copies worldwide <laughs> worldwide <laughs> the first week that it was out, even though he went on today's show to uh, to talk about the the supposedly the the malice in the palace and instead was hawking that video and it was a little bit of a disaster welcome back geico outkick studios car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price list price and invoice true car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car visit true car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience and of course, we're brought to you by Granger, America's trusted source for industrial and safety supplies. Visit Granger.com. We got a couple people who want to weigh in uh, on the phone lines. 877-996-6369. Dub's uh, Dub is in charge of all the phone lines. Um, and uh, let's go, uh, Jose in Fremont. Jose, what's up? What's up, brother? Hey, check this out, man. I got a question for you. But on the Browns, real quick, I'm gonna put money. I'm gonna put my money on the Jets because you know what? Being a Raider fan and through the struggles we've been through, I'm a Raider fan. But then, as bad as we are, there's always the Browns. And until they do something consistently, I'm gonna put more money against them. Check this out, man. On the Raiders and Gruden, let me get your take on them because I, a lot of the, the, the media out here, the affiliate, they're so biased. They're always ball washing the 49ers. What do you think Gruden's doing, man? Do you think he's actually? calling the season already and getting ready for next season? Or do you think this guy actually wants to win? Because we're confused out here as fans, brother. Well, first of all, I, I have said from the get-go that John Gruden's success or failure is not going to be rooted in how good Khalil Mack plays for the Bears. And by the way, he's played pretty well. It's going to be in how well he gets Derek Carr back to being Derek Carr pre-injury. And in Gruden's defense, we asked the question, is Derek Carr the kind of player who's going to perform better if you kick him in the ass or not? Gruden kind of went public a little bit and said, look, I don't know what we're doing at the quarterback position. It seemed like you know we had a couple of plays that we should have made. And then Derek Carr came out. Now, he wasn't throwing the ball deep down the field, right, Danny G? But his stat line was pretty phenomenal. And the Raiders were in control of that game until the final couple of minutes and arguably should have won it. And I don't know that you can point to Derek Carr and say he could do anything much more than what he did. Yeah, he had over a 90% completion rating, and he did look really good. But the problem is, because that offensive line is still not gelled together, they have some new pieces there, he got rid of the ball so fast. So he's throwing those quick outlets and those quick slants. When it's third and eight, you can't throw the ball three yards. Yeah. It's one of the most frustrating things about being a football fan. I understand the idea. We'll get the ball in the hand of your playmakers. Yeah, third and eight, I don't want to throw the ball two times and rely on a playmaker to make four guys miss to get eight yards. Uh, let's go to uh, James in Minneapolis. What's up, James? Yeah, man, how you doing? You know, I really like the Vikings' chances this upcoming weekend. It's Thursday night football. It's going to be a dramatically highly televised game. And I believe they're going to pull off another victory, but eventually they're going to have to get that uh, – quarterback going there's in the second string area and they also need to pick up a little bit on the defense special teams especially it's a big time man big time game all right um, thanks for the call dub we got to have a izzy drunk test where's dub dub come up here a minute that guy sounds sober to you not exactly yeah 
So we need to figure out if they're drunk, that's fine. I'll put on drunk dudes, but I need to have like in parentheses after his name drunk. And I'm going to yeah, be like, may, Dub says. Maybe intoxicated, okay. Maybe intoxicated. Because there's a lot of people, because we're on early. Now, it's tougher in Minneapolis. What is it right now in Minneapolis? It's about to be 5.30 a.m. It's tougher in night. Minneapolis to be drunk, because 5.30 a.m. probably shouldn't be drunk. A lot of people drunk right now listening to us on the West Coast. 3.30 in the morning there. You had a good night. Oh, Wednesday night, big drinking night. <laughs> you were out at the bar. Maybe you work at a bar. You're coming home. Uh, and there's a lot of drunk people listening on the West Coast, so I totally get that. Tough start to, to the day if you're drunk at 5.30 a.m. on a Thursday morning on the uh, East Coast or Central Time Zone. All right, let's go. Uh, what do you got for me, Eddie Garcia? Give me an update, and then we're going to talk with Drew Martin, figure out uh, some gambling picks coming in for the weekend. What you got for me? I got a Geico scoreboard for you from Major League Baseball where the Dodgers beat the Rockies 5-2 to once again for the second straight game. Big home run for the Dodgers late to get the win. This time it was Yasiel Puig with a pinch hit three-run homer with a game tied 2-2 in the seventh. And that was the big hit, 5-2 Dodgers over the Rockies. L.A. now 2.5 up on Colorado for first in the NL West. Cardinals lose to the Braves 7-3, so Colorado does remain a game and a half back of St. Louis for that final wildcard spot in the National League. Cubs were shut out by the Diamondbacks 9-0 while the Brewers blanked the Reds 7-0. Milwaukee moves 2.5 back of Chicago in the NL Central race. Astros were shut off by the Mariners 9-0. A's roll over the Angels 10-0. Houston's leading the AL West down to four games on Oakland. And the Red Sox for the second straight night denied a chance to wrap up the AL East title as they lose to the Yankees 10-1. This report brought to you by TrueCar. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from TrueCar. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next cars. Visit TrueCar and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Back to Clay Travis in the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studio. I am curious for Dodger fans out in L.A. What's the vibe right now? It's been kind of a frustrating season. You weren't as good as you anticipated early. Is this a team that can win a World Series? Like, what is the vibe right now? I'll start with you, Danny G. What is the vibe in L.A. with the Dodgers? Really excited, especially with some of these walk-off home runs and these big hits and Kershaw looking like himself again. Bueller had a record-setting night with strikeouts last night, so... Dodger fans are super excited right now. feels like a special team. Players said that the stadium was the loudest it's been all year. This was two nights ago when Chris Taylor had that amazing walk-off home run. And then Yasiel Puig comes into the game last night as a pinch hitter and jacks a three-run homer to beat the Rockies to put the Dodgers up two and a half games. So it feels like a special team, and that feeling that – those comeback kids, that kind of feeling that we had pretty much all last season, that is creeping into this year right now for the first time, really, because the Dodgers have been playing catch-up the whole year up to this point. Does everyone else agree with Danny G, or is he being a homer? I agree with him. Uh, we're starting to get the fever again like we did last year. But I, I feel like the American League has been far more superior this year than the National League, so... I do feel the Dodgers can get to the World Series again because the National League is so wide open. But if they get to the World Series again, it's going to be tough to beat either the the Astros or the Red Sox. Yeah, both of them. Uh, maybe the Astros are going to break the Dodgers' hearts again. Yeah, but that uh, Red Sox pitching is questionable, though. We are coming to you live, by the way, from the Geico Outkick Studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Uh, we are going to uh, talk with Drew Martin. He's going to give us a couple of gambling picks. 
here uh, in a couple of moments as we get ready for uh, college football week four. It's crazy. College football, I think, is the most entertaining, but also certainly it is the shortest of all of the American sporting calendars. I feel like the NHL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball never end. After this weekend, a third probably of the college football uh, regular season will be over. I mean, it's crazy to me. Uh, Drew Martin, are you with me that this is like cruel punishment, how long people wait for college football? And then after this weekend, assuming your team hasn't had a bye week yet, already a third of the season will be over. Absolutely, Clay. I mean, I, I feel like we wait so long for this college football season and, and to have it already be a third of the way over, that's that's kind of surprising. But, you know, for for betting college football, I'll tell you, you know, the, the, the first half of the season I think is is where is the time to make money just uh, with the odds makers having a little bit more volatility in the beginning of the season with uh, less is known about some of these teams. I actually think now we tonight we've got the uh, we've got the Browns and we've got the Jets playing in the NFL. Do you have a lean on Browns Jets? We opened the show talking about the fact that the Browns are one thirty two and one in their last thirty four football games, which is pretty remarkable. And yet they are favored tonight against the Jets. Would you touch that game? Do you find yourself rooting for Cleveland? Like, what's your vibe in general on on the Thursday night game? You know, Clay, I, I've talked to a couple guys who, you know, quote unquote sharp guys in the NFL, and it seems like a lot of them are on Cleveland tonight. It, it, you know, laying the number, I think it's a little bit ridiculous in this spot. They are at home, and uh, you know, the Thursday night team at home in the NFL with the short travel does do well so that spot seems to be uh cashing tickets um if i had to play it i would actually be on the browns and and, and give the points all right so that game is going on tonight there are actually three intriguing i would say friday night football games uh fau and central florida that line opened on the over under which i think is the most entertaining aspect of this at around 70 and it's now all the way out to 77 so the expectation seems to be a ton of points Penn State is going on the road against Illinois in a Big Ten game. Um, And Penn State, it's the week before they play against uh, Ohio State. So maybe a letdown factor there. And then you've got Washington State, which is 3-0, and I believe 3-0 against the spread, going on the road against Southern Cal, who has been, let's be honest, the last two weeks mediocre to bad, yet USC is around a four-point favorite. Which of these three, if any, do you like? What do you see in that Friday night action for uh, college football? Clay, I actually love this Friday night card, and I got something on all three games. Um, I would say one of my best bets, if not my best bet for the whole weekend, is the USC-Washington State game. But, yeah, just to touch on the FAU-UCF game, I'm actually in South Florida right now. It's a big game down here, and, and like you touched on, I mean, the total at some books it opened 67, so a 10-point move. I wow. think it's a volatile handicap. Um, just both teams, you know, UCF really tough to gauge with their schedule and FAU pretty much blew out everybody and then got blown out by Oklahoma. So I, I'm staying away from it from a side perspective. What else do we got? Penn State, Illinois. I know, um, I, I believe you were on it on your outkick picks. And uh, I, I, I really just think it's because- hard. I just think it's hard at 28 points or 27 and a half or whatever it is to expect a team to show up on a Friday night and execute flawlessly when they're traveling and they've got a huge game against Ohio State back home the next week. I think it's hard for college kids and even coaches not to look ahead a little bit. Absolutely. 
I agree with you. I mean, the home team on a short week, I, I also think it's Lovey Smith's most, most talented team since he's been in uh, Champaign. And I'll tell you one thing about Illinois and their offense. Their running back, Epstein, he's a Florida recruit, and he's averaged over seven yards per touch. And Illinois runs a lot of counter and trap running plays, which can be tough for a defensive front to prepare for. So with the limited time, I think you're actually on a sharp side here with Illinois plus four touchdowns. All right, uh, what's your favorite picks of the college football slate in general um, as we get ready to come into weekend for uh, college football week four? You know, I'll, I'll actually stay on Friday night in the, the game we touched on uh, with Washington State, USC. Uh, a couple big points here, I think, point towards the Cougs. Um, they've outscored opponents 52 to nothing in the fourth quarter. And this is a, uh, a senior quarterback in Gardner Minshew who transferred to Washington State with all their quarterback issues. It's been a perfect fit. He's been in Pullman since May, knows the offense. Like you said, Washington State 3-0 ATS versus USC 0-3. And, Clay, I think you'll like this stat. Clay Helton is 0-6 versus Power 5 schools without Sam Darnold as his quarterback. I think really good quarterbacks can kind of cover up inefficiencies in a program. I think that's happening and we could take advantage of it on Friday night with the Cougars. Plus three and a half, some looks right now at SBR odds have four, so you can catch four on the Cougs tonight. We're talking to Drew Martin at Drew Martin Betts, uh, sportsbookreview.com. You can check out all the gambling lines there. Uh, what about Texas A&M Bama? Uh, A&M is in the top 25, yet they are a 26-point road underdog against Alabama. Which side would you play here? Already lost all right we're gonna have to let him go i don't know what's going on there our phone's not working in south florida right now is he on a cell danny g you called him is he on a cell or a landline you know he when i first got a hold of him he told me hey uh, call me on this number it's better because i'm having trouble with this line so i called him on that line there and that one sounds just as bad so i'm not sure what's going on with both of his phones well, you can follow Drew Martin Betts. He'll be tweeting out his picks, and uh, and we will dive in there and try to figure out exactly what happened. It is a question that I have in general. Why did we have this conversation on the phone, or was this something that I was complaining about in my house? I can't even remember. <laughs> Why can't we get cell phones to work? Oh yeah, we talked for about actual this on calls. We talked about this on the air with you. Yeah, I this is this is driving me crazy. It seems to me like I'm looking at my cell phone right now, and I have one bar of service. Okay, why at this point in time, when it is 2018, are all cell phones not flawless? Like, why are there dead spots anywhere in cell phone networks? It seemed like I understand when it was like 1998, 20 years ago, and the first cell phones were just rolling out, that there would be lots of places where you might have dead spots, blind zones, whatever you want to call it. If I driving around in my neighborhood no, oh, cell phones work really crappy here. How does the cell phone company not know that? This seems to me like something that should be, like you should never have a call drop. This is crazy. You know what? I'm getting an actual landline put in on my house because at times my cell phone is unreliable. Should I really have to get a landline in 2018 because my cell phone, which by the way costs, like what does an iPhone cost now? It's like $1,000. Imagine if you turned on your laptop and some places your laptop just wouldn't turn on. You'd be like, this is unacceptable. The laptop should always turn out, turn on and work. 
I know that people don't always use their phones for phone calls now, but we should never have a situation like that. The cell phone should be flawless in 2018. I don't understand how it's not. We're going to go to break. I'm fired up about this. I think there are a lot of people out there right there with me who are like, hey, why does this thing not work? Why does the cell phone not work flawlessly? It's an excellent question. I have no idea. What do I need to do here? Hey, we're brought to you by Granger. Huddle up with Granger, America's trusted source for industrial supplies and safety products. Visit Granger.com for whatever you need, whenever you need it. Granger, for the ones who get it done, count on Granger to draw up a winning play. Visit Granger.com for industrial supplies and safety products to help your business cross the goal line. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This show's always getting it done. Southkick kick the coverage. Final segment for you next. Should we do some Animal Thunderdome? I kind of want to hear that grandma who killed the uh, alligator again. Maybe we'll do that. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. We're brought to you by Granger, America's trusted source for industrial and safety supplies. Visit Granger.com. I can't even keep up with all the different ways you can consume our content now. We are getting millions of downloads. You can search out Outkick. Danny G is going to give us our top five cities for the month of September so far here shortly, I believe. Uh, we have got uh, the Fox Sports Radio app. We've got the iHeartRadio app. Do we have a Fox Sports Radio app, or is it just FoxSportsRadio.com? Does anybody know? Yeah, I think you're talking about our website. That's FoxSportsRadio.com. Yeah. You, you can listen live there, or go to the iHeartRadio app. There you go. Uh, and then we've got Sirius. We're on what? Channel 218. Uh, we're on mm-hmm. XM Channel 202. We have over 300 AM FM affiliates in all 50 states, which we appreciate all you guys from. And uh, like I said, the podcast is blowing up. Is that Do you have that info in front of you, Danny G? I'm calling it up right All now. All right, so Danny G is going to look this up. Here's what I am going to try to do here. I have no idea if this is going to work. I believe that I am the King Solomon of the internet. I think I can solve any problem, and I regularly do it through one of the most popular things that we do on my website, the anonymous mailbag, where you can write in any question you might have about anything in the world and I will answer it and try to make the world a better place by rendering my King Solomonic-like verdict. We are going to try to do live Solving Your Problem radio at the start of Hour 2 coming up. All right? So what I want you to do is Dub is going to field all of your calls from across the nation, 877-996-6369. You will be anonymous. You don't have to give him a name at all. You just have to tell him your state and what your problem is, okay? And then I will solve your problems to start off hour two. People say, oh, Clay, you're too negative. Oh, Clay, you don't talk about positive things enough. All right, here is my gift to the American public. I am going to solve whatever problems exist in your life this morning, right now. You give me a problem, and I will solve it. We're going to do this live on the air. Will this work? I have no idea. Will we get good questions? I have no idea. This is on the callers, which is sometimes dangerous, but we are going to try it out. It's an experiment. 877-996-6369. You have problems. Fortunately for you, I have answers. My judgment is impeccable. I, like back in the day, King Solomon, I have the wisdom of Solomon. All right, where are we on the podcast? Which cities are are dominating this month? All right, so coming in fifth place, Chicago. Chicago, Illinois. Yep. Appreciate the, the the Windy City. I believe we have an affiliate up there, uh, which is helping to uh, advertise the show. So the fifth most – by the way, we're doing millions of downloads a month. So these are actually 
pretty substantial numbers of people yeah. in these cities. Oh, my are, bad. That's uh, number six. I'm going to give you the oh. top six here. All right. Number six, Chicago. Chicago. Way, way, to, way to do a good job counting there. Way to start off strong. Well, it doesn't list them like that. So yeah. I'm, I'm looking There's at six names. I'm looking, six at, I'm looking at colors, not numbers here. <laughs> yeah. All right, there are so, six of them. You could have just <laughs> Chicago, counted them, but you miscounted five and six. No, because so. it, it shows a whole list of states underneath that. So yeah. not as easy as what you think. All right. All right. <laughs> it's, Chicago it's, is six. All right. And then let me use my second grade math here. Fifth place, Houston, Texas. Big time. All right, Houston, great affiliate down there. Fourth place, Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas market. I will say this. We have exploded in Dallas, and I don't know why we've grown so quickly in Dallas. We don't I don't even think we have an affiliate in Dallas, Fort Worth right now, uh, which obviously could help to drive up the podcast numbers, but that's pretty crazy. All right, so Dallas number four. Third place, our hometown right here, LA, California. Yeah, 5.70 a.m. L.A. Sports, obviously big affiliate for us. A lot of you out there either waking up early in the morning or about to go to bed in L.A. Not a surprise. All right, what else we got? And then second place, I picked your team to win the Super Bowl, Atlanta, Georgia in the house. Atlanta, Georgia, we got a great affiliate down in Atlanta. Um, big audience, all right. And then number one overall, I and, have a good sense for who it might yeah, be. Yeah, no shocker here, Nashville, Yeah, you don't even need the drum roll for this. Nashville, Nashville, Tennessee. Tennessee. My hometown. uh, We're on the zone in the first hour there in Nashville. And uh, I mean, it blows me away how many of you are downloading all over. But I always think it's interesting to look at those six cities. So thanks to those six cities for being the biggest outkick audiences uh, when it comes to the podcast. And we come back right now. Dub is fielding your calls. 877-996-6369. I'm going to solve all of your problems in the world. And if, if we don't get good questions, we're going to play a grandmother in Texas shooting an alligator. So either way, you're going to win, but I think we're going to get some good calls. Fingers crossed next on OutKick here on Fox Sports Radio. Sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie.net. MyBookie.net is the industry-leading sports action website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score. MyBookie.net lets you play online and win big. Use promo code CLAY when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Did the game already kick? off don't sweat it mybookie.net has in-game live action on every major league event even esports there's no better time to join mybookie.net go to mybookie.net to open an account and start winning use promo code clay when you register for your account and get a hundred percent sign up bonus visit mybookie.net's website today and use promo code clay to get a hundred percent sign up bonus mybookie.net promo code clay for a hundred percent bonus no deposit necessary terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only void were prohibited. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. And we're also brought to you by Granger, America's trusted source for industrial and safety supplies. Visit Granger.com. My gift to you the anonymous mailbag, which is the most popular thing consistently that we do on my website, OutkickTheCoverage.com. Now brought to you on radio. I'm going to solve whatever problems you may have in your life live on the radio. Trying to make the world a better place. Let's go to, uh, we've got Tennessee, Indiana, and Virginia. I don't need your name. I just need your problem. Let's go to Tennessee first. What you got for me? Hey, Clay. I have been trying to get back into the dating scene the last couple of years. My wife passed away from uh, cancer. It was a rough time, but I need your help. 
I've been trying to date. I've used all the apps. I've I've tried to meet people in person, but I need your over under on like if a woman's been divorced, how long that she's been single. Like the red flags just are really really bad with some of these women. I'm talking cocoa puffs, and then you try to date the women that have never been married. Like I just need your help, man. I need to know, all right. Like, so first, let me ask a couple I of questions. Just completely avoid. Go. All right. How old are you? I'm fifty. Do you have kids? Two grown daughters. What age range are you trying to date? Anything. Any anything. All right. So fifty year old guy, two grown daughters. Uh, you have a job like you're reliable, like uh, all, yeah. all those things. Okay. And yeah. you have tried dating at like what has been your most successful route to end up with a dating partner so far? Uh, eHarmony has been fairly successful. Match was okay. Tried some Bumble and Tinder, and it's been like back and forth. It's weird because those formats are a little different. All right, so but, for a 50-year-old guy on Bumble and Tinder, what's that experience like? Who are you meeting on Bumble and Tinder? For people out there who don't know, these are like uh, the, the youngest of the dating apps. Like you can swipe and make uh, easy decisions there. What kind of girls are you meeting there? It has been a wide range of some women that look really good to some that uh, just all due respect, they are not. And on the anything, I mean, I'm talking like early 40s to mid 40s, late 40s, even to my age, even low 50s. If I mean, if everything what are you is look, there, okay, but, what are you what are you looking for here? Are you looking for somebody to get married to, or are you looking for somebody to date, or are you just looking for somebody to sleep with? Uh, loaded question, but I mean, really, truly, I mean, long-term committed relationship with somebody that's not nuts um, yeah. and dealing with a lot of baggage that could potentially lead to marriage, not trying to replace my wife and get someone to be my girl's mom. I just, it, that, you know, I'm, they're, they're doing their own thing. They're grown. They're, they're in great shape. It's really for me trying to find that what? person that I actually yeah. want to be with. Okay, last question for you, and then we'll discuss. Do no. you want somebody who has young kids themselves? No. Okay. No, I don't want to raise somebody else's kids because I even – and that's a great question because I tried to date a couple of people like that that had younger kids, and it was like, well, I've got the child this weekend. I don't have the child next weekend. He's got them. But then when you start dealing with the ex and the joint custody and all that, all you end up hearing about and talking about is the ex and the situation with the ex. And I'm like – I don't want to Dr. Phil you through your life and raising somebody else's kid. It's like yeah. I'm not there. All right, great call. I appreciate it. All right, I'm going to discuss here for a minute. So first of all, he's 50, and he's got two grown daughters of his own, so he's already been through the Kid Olympics, right? You've already raised kids. I totally understand that. I think he's in an interesting spot because at 50, I think he could dip all the way down to like 35 if he's got a successful job. And people wouldn't even blink at him dating like a 35, 36, 37, 38-year-old. But those women are probably likely to have young kids, right? And so the challenge then becomes, what do you want to do? Either they don't have kids at all, which means that you know they haven't gotten committed yet, or they're likely to have young kids, right? Like, what's the number one age of a woman right now in America where she's likely to have a young kid? 35 to 38-year-old women, almost all of them do, right? And so if you don't want the young kids, 
I don't really know what the angle that you play there is. I feel like you have to date people your exact own age, and I don't think you're going to meet those people on Bumble or Tinder. I don't think you're going to meet a 48-year-old woman who's completely normal and have her be on Bumble and Tinder. So I actually think you need to go old school and get outside of like the dating app scene because I don't think that your average woman in that arena is going to be in that perspective. Is that good? If, like, I don't think you're going to meet the woman of your dreams at 50 on Bumble or Tinder <laughs> and have her not have kids, right? Yeah. I also don't think it's likely that you're going to meet. I, I think you almost need to limit yourself to women who are like around almost exactly your own age if your goal is to not have to raise somebody else's kids. Because otherwise, if you go a decade younger, almost every 40-year-old woman out there is going to be divorced and or have young kids. Does that make sense? Like 50 to me is like a, a tenuous age in that respect. Yeah, he's 10 years older than me, and I'm having a tough time bumping into women that don't have children yet. And like you said, they're, they're going to have to be 30 years and younger, really, to not have any baby daddy drama at all. And yeah, if he in, were 40, <laughs> yeah. he could make a decision and be like, hey, I'm going to go back in and basically redo everything, right? But then if you're going to back and dating like a 30-year-old, then you go through having kids again, and I can totally understand as a 50-year-old guy, you're like, no, I already raised two daughters. The last thing I want to do is go back through being a parent for the next, you know, I mean, look, if you're 50 and you've got young kids, you know, you're going to be 70 and still dealing with trying to take a kid off to college. Like, that's something I think a lot of people don't want to do. So my advice was, I think you need to meet people in person. I didn't ask him about church or religion or anything like that, but I would actually try to meet somebody at church. If you if you have, like, some sort of social, if you're not church, like, some sort of social interaction that's actually face-to-face because I think in terms of being a reliable guy a 50-year-old widower who has already raised two daughters like you're a pretty good catch at that point in time you got a good job you're relatively healthy I think you should be pretty optimistic about yourself let's go to Virginia I believe right now 877-996-6369 if you're just waking up we are doing the anonymous mailbag live on the radio I'm trying to solve everybody's problems what you got for me Virginia Hey, Greg, good morning. Another domestic issue here. Um, been married for 12 years, and this question has just will not solve itself. How many times is a guy's shower towel good for? My wife says one. Shower towel? How many times is a shower towel good for? Yes, sir. Oh, I mean, I would use a shower towel for like a whole week. Like, I mean, if you got the shower towel rack, first of all, you're using the shower towel when you come out of the shower, which means in theory you should be clean, and if you've got the shower towel rack right there and you can hang the shower towel on it, I don't even think about how long I use it. I don't even ever switch them out. My wife switches them out, but I know we use them more than once. There's no way you can only use it one time. Like I do know like when I'm in a hotel, and I used to travel all the time, I'd be in hotels for you know a couple months, a year at least, I would be fine using the same towel more than once. You know, they come in with all those different towels. I am perfectly fine. Like, you take the towel, you dry off, and, like, you lay it on, you know, some flat surface there. I'm perfectly fine grabbing it again. One one time use for a shower towel is absolutely ridiculous, um, which, is, uh, which is crazy. All right, uh, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia on the VIP line. Uh, Roberto, cue him up. Hey Clay, um, just wanted some advice. You got you have three sons. I'm a new dad. I have a 20 month old son, and things like me and my wife disagree on 
on how to raise him, really correct him and things. So I was wanting to ask you, what is the age where these kids know right from wrong and, and discipline needs to come in? So he's 20 months old? Yeah. He's yeah, smart, okay. and he's, he's always, you know, he's, he's a great kid, but he, he pushes the limit sometimes, and I think me and my wife are on two different pages. Are I don't want him to be a pussy stri- willow one day. Yeah, are, are you more strict, or is she more strict? I'm more strict. All right. So, first of all, parenting is almost impossible to figure out how what the line is because every kid is different. And I understand people out there who write the parenting books and they're like, every kid, it's not true. I've got three kids. What works with one kid might not work with the other kid. It's like coaching a team, right? If you really break down how you're raising kids, you got to figure out what makes each kid tick. My oldest kid regularly drives the entire family crazy and I still have no idea how to get to him, right? He's the kind of kid who, like, he just doesn't listen, and he makes the same mistakes over and over again. Now, I am not a uh, – I have never spanked a kid. I rarely – this is maybe surprise people. I don't raise my voice. Like, I am very calm. Like, I don't really get that worked up typically with parenting. And I will try to talk through every major dispute, Right. But what will drive me crazy, and I'm sure drives a lot of other parents crazy, is not a kid making a mistake. Because kids make mistakes all the time. It's kids making the same mistake over and over and over again. Now, here's the deal. With your 20-month-old, that's way too young for him to be willfully misbehaving, right? Like, I don't think you can solve every issue, and I don't think as being the dad, you really solve things by raising your voice or yelling at a kid that young because I think he's too young to otherwise be able to solve the problem. So I, it's hard to judge you know, parenting style and strategy without having witnessed it yourself. But with a 20-month-old, my inclination is to not be angry uh, and not use your voice. And certainly, I'm not a spanker. Like Everybody has different parenting strategies. But I would be more on the, uh, on the easygoing side than the aggressive side. Now, the other thing is, I think it also factors in, is your kid more difficult with you or with other people? Most times, like none of my kids, we ever get any report of them being remotely misbehaving at school. Most kids are infinitely better outside of the house than they are inside the house because if you've got a loving home, the kid knows that you love them and so they don't feel the need to behave well to make sure that you love them. That's one of the it's one of the, the downsides of being entirely as loving of a parent as most of us are. The kid knows that they've already got the love wrapped up. Whereas when they go off to school or they go off to daycare or they go to other people's houses, they're like this person might not like me. You know your parents already like you and love you hopefully. And so you don't have any need to actually win them over and then when you go outside the house you're better. You're a total ass at home. Uh, Tennessee, we're doing the anonymous mailbag on uh, on live on the radio. I'm solving every problem. Tennessee, what you got for me? Hey, Clay. Uh, so my wife and I have been married for 21 years, and I now own my own business, and I travel uh, every week uh, during the week for far out of town. Um, and I want us to get to where we have things paid off and we start – you know, I make really, really good money so we can live a really good lifestyle, you know, pay our house off, our cars. Uh, but every time I bring up a budget, my wife gets mad. She doesn't work now. She has in the past, but she doesn't work now and doesn't have to. And she feels like 
I'm trying to control her when I'm like, you know, hey, here's here's how much you have for food and gas for you and the kids this week, and you know, she feels like how much? All right, so here's here's the question. First, first question: How much is she going over what you would like to be spending? Five to six hundred dollars every two weeks. All right, so okay, all the time, but. So it's about roughly roughly ten to twelve grand a year you think she is overspending what you would like for her to spend. Yes. All right. It's a good question. And and these are these are difficult uh decisions to have. Like couples fight, I think, most often about finance. If she's spending ten to twelve grand more than you think she should be spending, just an idea here. What if you told her, here's what I would like for the house budget to be. If you can keep it within this budget then you and I are going to go on an awesome vacation that's going to cost $3,000. We're going to go somewhere you would really like to go that we would otherwise not go if you can save an extra $1,000 a month, right? So thanks for the call, by the way. I think the way you win over spouses in uh, financial disputes, and sometimes, look, you're in a luxury situation where you have the money to be able to pay it. There are a lot of people listening to us out there right now who spend every dollar that they make, and they don't have that luxury. But I think the way that you do it is you convince somebody that you're going to be able to do something that otherwise you would not. Because it's easy to just kind of throw money away, right? Like, and the more money you make, I mean, I don't think it's a joke, more money, more problems. The more money you make, the more money you throw away. Like I came on this show, I think and complained. My wife bought a grand piano the other day. And in addition to buying a grand piano, we had to hire somebody to move the grand piano into our house. No one in our house plays the piano. This thing weighs like 4,000 pounds. It's never going to leave this house and move to wherever we go. And now we've got a huge grand piano. There's no way my wife buys the grand piano if I have not gotten us rich, right? So I sometimes sit around, and to answer the the guy from Tennessee's question, like I'll look at our budget and see what we spent, and I just roll my eyes. I'm like, if we had been spending this money 10 years ago, I would have lost my mind over this stuff. But you naturally start to spend more money and not pay as much attention to it as your income increases. And this, by the way, is a big deal in general because there's a lot of people out there who think, hey, if I made $10,000 more a year, my life would be perfect. And you know what actually would end up happening? You would spend that $10,000 probably and start thinking, you know, if I made $10,000 more, this is the way humans are. We tend to spend whatever we end up with by and large. So I think the way that you handle this is there's a carrot and a stick diplomacy, right? A stick is like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to punish you if you don't do this. The carrot is, hey, if you do this, I'm going to give you a reward. I'm a reward guy. I think it works better if you reward somebody for making good decisions than if you punish them for making bad decisions. So what I would do, and it also makes it seem like you're in control of the house and your wife might be rebelling against the idea that you're in control of the finances. If you guys sit down and say, hey, we would love to take this trip at the end of the year. We want to take this family vacation. We want to take this family trip, whatever it is, just the two of you. We're going to go stay in a fancy hotel. This is going to be amazing. We're going to have an incredible time. We are going to budget $3,000 for this. But what I need you to do is save ten. Then you get $7,000 extra a year that you weren't getting, and she gets a target that allows her to have a $3,000 vacation that otherwise you guys were not going to be able to afford. Both of you get a little bit of something. All right, this has been the Anonymous Mailbag. I think it's gone pretty well. You can let me know what you think of my advice by finding me on Twitter at Clay Travis. 
going to try to do this weekly. It's my attempt to make the world a better place. Speaking of making the world a better place, John Morosi is going to join us next. He's going to break down Major League Baseball, and he will give us uh, a rundown of all of the division races and where he thinks we're headed as we come in closer to October and get ready for postseason baseball. All of that still to come. Guys, do I need ads to do? Yes, I got more ads to do. You can borrow up to forty grand to pay off your high-interest debt or credit cards with Lending Club. Go to LendingClub.com slash iHeart today and check your rate in minutes. That's LendingClub.com slash iHeart. All loans made by WebBank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. John Morosi up next to break down all of Major League Baseball on Outkick the Coverage. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This is Walker Bueller's walk-up music. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And we're brought to you by Granger. Huddle up with Granger, America's trusted source for industrial supplies and safety products. Visit Granger.com for whatever you need, whenever you need it. Granger, for the ones who get it done, count on Granger to draw up a winning play. Visit Granger.com for industrial supplies and safety products to help your business cross the goal line. Granger, for the ones who get it done. We are getting it done on the show today. We got John Morosi. Going to bring him in now at John Morosi on Twitter. He is our baseball expert. John, are you comfortable in saying the Dodgers are going to win the division yet? It's been wild all year in the NL West. Are we at a safety point for the Dodgers given the what they just pulled off against the Rockies? Good morning, Clay, and yes, we are. Uh, the Dodgers at this point will win the National League West. Uh, this, this series sweep over the Rockies in Los Angeles, to me, seals it. Um, and not just of what happened, but how it happened. Uh, dramatic walk-off in, in one of the wins. Uh, last night, a dramatic home run by Yasiel Puig after a great effort by Walker Bueller. Uh, and the, on the Rocky side of things, uh, they are without Trevor Story. They're key MVP candidate shortstop after an elbow injury, and we're not really entirely sure when he's going to come back. So uh, Nolan Arenado has struggled at the plate for the Rockies here in the last several days. So uh, when you add up Arenado's struggles and, and, and Story being out of the lineup, um, I, I just do not see a way that uh, the Rockies make up two and a half games in, in the last week and a half of the season. So um, that was a just a, a monumental series at Dodger Stadium. There's, there's no other way to describe it. That, that's The last three nights, Clay, to me, are, are one of the reasons why I almost love big regular season series more so than I love uh, maybe even the first round of the playoffs because it just you have so many different storylines and dynamics, and, and there's, there's such great familiarity between these two teams all season long. But this was a pivotal week of baseball, and the Dodgers in all three of those games were just a little bit better. All right, so one thing I like to do when you start to project how the playoffs could go is look at run differential, right? I mean, the record is great, but the record can be a little bit arbitrary. And for people who haven't paid a lot of attention to run def- uh, differential, you know, you might win a game 10-2, to two and, uh, and, and that can be great. You might also lose a game 20-2, to two it can throw things off. But generally speaking, the more runs you score as opposed to your opponents over the course of the season, the better you're going to be. 
the Dodgers, while they have been in this bot battle with the Colorado Rockies, are substantially the best team in the National League when it comes to run differential. How much attention do you pay to that stat, and would that bode well for the Dodgers getting into the playoffs? Well, it's it's telling, Clay, that, that that's how um, the, the standings have looked for a while. The, the Dodgers have had the best run differential in this league for a very long time, and up until recently, uh, I, uh, it was a great note that uh, our Anthony Masterson of Fox Sports, who, who you know, uh, one of the great researchers there, Anthony looked up the fact that if the Dodgers had missed the playoffs, um, they would have been the first team to have the best run differential in their league and missed the playoffs since the 05 Cleveland Indians back before there was a second wild card. So this would have been somewhat unprecedented for the Dodgers to be this good and be home in October. So uh, I think the analytics community would tell you this is a, a, a great win for the analytical way of looking at things because they would say that this was bound to happen eventually. This was this team was going to uh, return to its mean and 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 get back to what the numbers said was going to happen all along, which was that they were the best team, if not in the, in the league, and certainly the division. So um, I, I think that that's telling. Um, you look around though too. It's it's interesting that that here we have the Dodgers with with the with the best run differential in the National League, but they're likely to be the number um, the number two seed in in the in, in the playoffs because you've got the Cubs with the best record and probably even if the Cubs don't win the National League Central, the Brewers uh, who have a better winning percentage than the Dodgers right now, likely would be the one team that could overtake the Cubs in that division but again, that looks pretty unlikely too because it's now a three-game lead uh, for for, uh, for the Cubs. So I think right now it's looking like the, the playoff matchups there, the Cubs will get the wild card game winner and, and it'll be the Dodgers and the, and the Braves in a rematch of their 2013 National League Division Series. All right, let's talk about the Dodgers-Braves. So if the Dodgers and the Braves play against each other, the Braves have had such a star-crossed postseason history. Now, the team is so young that obviously nobody really has hardly any recollection or connection to the star-crossed era of the Atlanta Braves. How would you break down that series? I think right now, Clay, the, the Dodgers are playing probably the best baseball of any team in the National League. And um, I have my worries about the Braves' bullpen. Uh, the Braves just won yesterday after losing four straight. Um, so I've got some concerns about a very untested, very fluid Braves' bullpen. Um, I'm, I'm not entirely sure what their rotation would be in that series either. Um, they, we know that Fultonavich probably gets the, the game one start, but he did not look good at all this week. And, and I'm wondering if uh, maybe physically he's not completely 100% at this point in time. So there's there's a lot going on there with the Braves. I I, I think that the, the Dodgers have have the the edge in that series as well. I think you look at the way they're playing right now. Their their bullpen, uh, Kenley Jansen has been much better of late. It's been a really key thing that this this month after missing the time with the heart condition that he has been close to himself. Maybe not all the way back but close. And so that that to me is a is advantage Dodgers there in the bullpen. Rotation advantage Dodgers as well, and then in the lineup, I think we're seeing some really encouraging signs from Puig. So um, I, I think that the Dodgers, at least as it looks right now, are the better overall team. We'll see what happens in the playoffs. But it's, it's interesting, Clay, that as you talk about the, the postseason failings, it was five years ago that the, the Braves and, and Dodgers met in the first round, and, and recall that the, um, the the series basically ended 
with uh, Craig Kimbrell warming up in the bullpen at Dodger Stadium, never getting into the pivotal game four, which Juan Uribe had that amazing home run at Dodger Stadium to put the Dodgers back in front. So um, there, there is some fairly recent playoff history, and yet, to your point, off the top of my head, I think probably it's just Freddie Freeman uh, who was a key part of that team in 13 who's now still on the Braves roster right now. Uh, so it, it's pretty remarkable how, how quickly things have changed uh, with that roster in Atlanta. When you look at the playoff picture, what jumps out to me as a casual baseball fan, and we're talking to John Morosi at John Morosi, J-O-N-M-O-R-O-S-I, you can follow him on Twitter, is how ecstatic Major League Baseball has to be with the teams in the mix. Dodgers, obviously, huge uh, fan base in the nation's second largest market. Chicago Cubs, I mean, anytime the Cubs get into the postseason, even though they've now won a World Series, everybody is ecstatic. The Braves uh, in the South, uh, you know, kind of bringing – that uh, right. audience, a long time WTBS, made uh, there be a lot of Braves fans nationwide. You've got Houston in uh, in the uh, American League, which obviously is a huge market, and they're the defending uh, champions, and they played that great seven-game series. So I imagine Major League Baseball be very happy if they got a rematch of L.A. and Houston all over again. You've got the Indians who have this star-crossed history now. They're the team that probably most people would point to and say, I'd love to see the Indians actually win. And then you've got the Yankees and the Red Sox both kind of uh, in the mix there. Certainly the Red Sox have locked up that division. This couldn't have gone any better from baseball from the perspective of big brands that people care about who will enjoy being watched, right? Like this is about like perfect score almost for Major League Baseball in terms of the teams to be advancing to the playoffs. I agree. And uh, you look at the Red Sox and the Yankees, they could meet – in the first round for the first time. Now, of course, they have, made, they have met in the uh, ALCS before. They had the memorable one-game playoff in, in 78, but this would be the first five-game ALDS between them if, in fact, uh, the Yankees beat the A's in that, in that, that uh, wild-card game rather, uh, to meet the Red Sox. So I, I think you could see a, a Red, Sox, uh, Red Sox-Indians or Red Sox-Astros or, or Yankees-Indians-Yankees-Astros. Those are all the possibilities there for the ALCS if – if the Yankees advance and beat the Athletics. And then in the NLCS, you could have a, a Dodgers-Cubs rematch for the third consecutive year, which, while it's not new and exciting, it's, it, to your point, it, it, brings, it brings in two of our three largest markets in our, our country. And we often, I think, forget, too, in mentioning Houston, that that's the fourth largest city in our country. So there's, there's a, lot, uh, a lot to like there with the matchups. And, and I think overall, Clay, the, the, game, the game is in a great place. I know there's a lot of questions about... Um, pace of play and, and uh, other uh, sort of existential topics about baseball that you and I have gotten into in the past. But if you want to love the game, um, if you are a baseball fan, you've got all the stories that you need. The, the Dodgers trying to win their first championship in 30 years uh, w- with their path to redemption, if you will. The Cardinals are a fun story with what they've done under Mike Schilt, uh, their, their uh, new manager who replaced Mike Othini in the middle of the season. The Braves, Ronald Acuna Jr. is an MVP candidate in his very first year at 20 years old. Uh, shades of Andrew Jones uh, from, from 20 years ago. So there's, just, there's a lot to like about the way that the, the, these teams are constructed. There are exciting young players in virtually every team. Christian Yelich, amazing story, two cycles in a month, and he's leading the Brewers now to, the, to that wild card game. So there's, there's a lot of really great storylines out there, Clay, that I think uh, as, as, the, as the nation really tunes in in a big way to baseball in October, I think they're going to be very, very pleased with what they see. 
Red Sox by far the best team in Major League Baseball from a score perspective, uh, from a uh, run differential perspective, other than the Houston. Uh, but basically, the Red Sox probably should be the favorite. And I ask you this every week, but I think it's an interesting question. Red Sox or the field? How much of a favorite should the Red Sox be? I'm going with the field right now, Clay. I'm not entirely convinced that the Red Sox are a clear favorite to win the American League because uh, Chris Sale, their ace, is is just working his way back uh, from an injury and, and, and probably will only be stretched out to around five innings by the time the playoffs begin. David Price lost last night to the Yankees again. And so um, for as, as great as they are, and, and Mookie Betts and J.D. Martinez are, are major MVP candidates, uh, I think the bullpen with Kimbrell has been good, certainly good enough, uh, and, and, uh, and should be reliable down in the playoffs, although, although I've got some concerns about how they're going to set up uh, with Stephen Wright maybe throwing a knuckleball in the seventh or eighth inning, which is always a challenge. So they've, they've got some concerns, I, I think, uh, uh, health-wise, Eduardo Nunez uh, banged up his knee again. So th- this team, while they they keep winning, I know it. I know it sounds uh, silly to say it, Clay, but they, they keep winning. But I, I still see the flaws, and and so I would take the field in the American League. I think a team like Cleveland, they just brought in Donaldson. They have not had to play a very pressure-packed game in a long time because of how comfortable they've been winning the American League Central. I, I think that team has got an excellent chance. If they get a, if they get Trevor, Trevor Bauer supposed to come back this weekend, if Bauer comes in and is even close to himself, that is a dangerous Cleveland Indians team, I believe. With with all the history weighing on them, this is probably about as carefree as they could possibly be entering the playoffs. All right, so who is your World Series pick right now? Obviously, by next week, we'll basically have the playoffs set. But if you were picking right now, your AL and NL representatives would be who? Uh, I think I will go with, with that which you foreshadowed a moment ago, Clay. I'll go uh, the, the rematch, Astros-Dodgers. Uh, so so I, I would, I guess in both these cases then, I, I would not be picking the top seed to win uh, in either league because notably uh, the, the top seeds we have seen basically almost every year that we've had this, this two-wildcard format, one of those top seeds will be bounced in the first round by the wildcard game winner. So I've got uh, a pair of the likely number two seeds there, Houston and L.A. meeting again in the playoffs, uh, in the World Series, rather. The, the Astros' bullpen clay is just so deep. They've got, no matter how they, they arrange their pen, they'll have three guys, I believe, uh, who are bona fide, excellent relievers off their roster. That's how deep they are. So uh, I think the Astros meet the Dodgers in the World Series again. And let's, uh, let's say they probably win it once more. Their pitching is too good there in Houston, I think, and they'll, they'll find a way to win a second straight World Series. What would happen if the Cubs and the Red Sox met in the World Series? It'd be great. Uh, I, I would. I would love would the it. World it, it wouldn't quite be the same, uh, Clay, that it would have been in '03. Uh, Eric Caros, our, our colleague at Fox, always talks about that and and how uh, it was it was meant to be Cubs Red Sox that year, and instead we got Yankees Marlins. It, it, if if it had been in '03 before either of them had won and ended their curse, it would have been probably the single most epic sporting event in our in our lifetimes in this country. But uh, I still think it'd be a great matchup. The history, those ballparks, uh, uh, my goodness, that 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 would be be great for baseball and great for the sports world. Good stuff as always. Appreciate you, John Morosi. Go follow him on Twitter. He joins us every Thursday an hour or two to break down baseball at John Morosi. J O N M O R O S I. 
Uh, you can follow him there. Let me bring in my guy, Eddie Garcia, find out what's shaking in the world of sports. Well, here's your Geico scoreboard from Major League Baseball, where the Dodgers beat the Rockies 5-2. to L.A. now with a two-and-a-half game lead on Colorado atop the NL West. Cardinals lose to the Braves 7-3, so the Rockies don't lose any ground in that race for the final wildcard spot in the National League. They're still a game-and-a-half back of St. Louis. Cubs were shut out by the Diamondbacks 9-0, while the Brewers roll over the Reds 7-0. Milwaukee moves two-and-a-half back of Chicago in the NL Central. Astros were blanked by the Mariners 9-0. The A's roll over the Angels 10-0. Houston's lead in the AL West is down to 4 on Oakland. And for the second straight night, the Red Sox were denied a chance to wrap up the AL East title as they lose to the Yankees 10-1. Now back to Clay Travis and the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. Everybody's got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add, save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. Good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket. It just may be the most rewarding to-do you do today. This Mark Cuban report on uh, the uh, situation down with the Dallas Mavericks getting some attention, not as much as I thought it would. I'll talk about it and tell you about it next on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. We're brought to you by Granger, America's uh, trusted source for industrial and safety supplies. Visit Granger.com. Um, the story that came out yesterday afternoon, I believe we have audio from Mark Cuban. I'll play his apology on uh, ESPN yesterday. But the uh, NBA did a big investigation into the Dallas Mavericks and the atmosphere inside of their organization. And uh, if you were not paying attention to it, um, this story, I think, started in late February. I think I was on vacation when this story broke. Uh, it was right after the Super Bowl. A big Sports Illustrated story detailing a messy and ugly situation inside of the Dallas Mavericks. And now that investigation is finally complete. This is what an actual investigation looks like as opposed to the one that Ohio State did that lasted two weeks. And I'm going to get to that a little bit here in a sec. But what the NBA investigation uncovered was there was improper workplace conduct towards 15 female employees, 15 of them by the Mavericks former president and CEO Terdima Usury. I'm not, and I might be mispronouncing his name incorrectly, including inappropriate comments, touching and forcible kissing. There was also improper workplace conduct by former Mavericks ticket sales employee Chris Hyde, including inappropriate comments to women of a sexual nature, the viewing and sharing of pornographic images and videos, unsolicited and unwanted sexual advances, and violent, threatening outbursts towards coworkers. And there were two acts of domestic violence, and this is crazy to me. They kept a guy who had committed domestic violence, and he perpetrated that act of domestic violence uh, this is a Mavs.com reporter, Earl Sneed, against a team employee. So you had a situation where a guy had a domestic violence incident. The Mavs knew about it and kept him employed. And then he allegedly beat up another Mavs employee, which is a crazy story. Mark Cuban went on uh, ESPN, I believe, with Rachel Nichols yesterday, and this is what he had to say. You know, first, just an apology to the women involved, the women that in a couple cases were assaulted, and not just to them, but their, their families, because this is not something that just is an incident and then it's over. It, it stays with people, it stays with families, and, and I'm just sorry I didn't see it. I'm just sorry I didn't recognize it. And I just, you know, hope that out of this we'll, we'll be better 
and we can avoid it and we can help make everybody just smarter about the whole thing. Now, here's the deal with Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban makes a huge show of how involved he is in running every aspect of the Mavs. And he was pressed by Rachel Nichols and asked, hey, how come you can claim that you just didn't know about this when you are responding to fan emails, when you're at every game, when you're assessing NBA officiating, and in your own house, you had no idea what was going on. And this is crazy to me. Mark Cuban said in response, if I was in our business office five times in 15 years, that was a lot. To me, this is an element of willful blindness from Mark Cuban. Now, in the NBA's credit, to the NBA's credit, Mark Cuban, by the way, has announced he's going to donate $10 million and he's hired a woman to be the new CEO of the Mavs. And a lot of people are going to say, okay, this story should just go away. But I do think it's instructive right now to think about it in the context of this Ohio State investigation. The NBA decided when this story came out in February, we are going to conduct a rigorous investigation of every allegation here and produce a massive report. So this story happens in February. Then you have March, April, May, June, July, August, September, seven months that every detail is poured over. I think they said they reviewed millions of emails. Uh, I mean, they went through and did an incredibly detailed investigation of this situation all overall. And I, I, again, I think that's a credit to how much time was spent to figure out exactly what happened here. Compare that with the Ohio State investigation. Ohio State did a two-week investigation, and yesterday... The Wall Street Journal reported that this is even crazier than Urban Meyer potentially deleting all of his text messages over a year old. Gene Smith, the athletic director at Ohio State, turned in a phone without a single text message on it. He said, I delete every text message the moment that I send it or the moment that I receive it. How weird is that? If you saw somebody's cell phone and they didn't have a single text message on it, wouldn't you immediately think, my God, what is this dude up to? Not one when he turned over his phone to be examined. Here's what's fascinating about that. Urban Meyer with no text messages over a year old. It's easy to get the technology to see all of the text messages that you have sent in the past. Takes about 24 hours. All you have to do is go to the right person to recover those text messages and be able to analyze the phones. Ohio State's investigation, they didn't do that. I want to talk about that a little bit more. We'll talk about the Browns getting a chance to get off the schneid. They are 132-1 in their last 34 football games. And we'll get you ready for Todd Furman, my guy who's on the show, Let It Ride with me. We'll talk about gambling on the NFL and college football as we roll into the final hour of the show next. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Live from the Geico Outkick studios where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. And we're brought to you by Granger, America's trusted source for industrial and safety supplies. Visit Granger.com. Appreciate all of you joining us as you may be waking up across the country it is uh, now 5 a.m. on the West Coast, 6 a.m. in the Mountain Time Zone, 7 a.m. here where I am in the Central Time Zone, and a little bit after 8 a.m. on the East Coast. And if you are a Cleveland Browns fan, your long national nightmare could be over in about 
trying to do this live, 14 hours. Am I right about that? About 14 and a half hours, maybe. Uh, we will see whether or not it can happen, but the Cleveland Browns are hosting New York Jets, and they are favored by three points to win this game tonight, Thursday night NFL football action. Really the only big-time storyline, I would say, although Sam Darnold and how he's going to do is a good storyline. Most of you or many of you watched that game on Monday Night Football, saw Sam Darnold go on the road and win. This is the third game in 11 days for the Jets to start off their season. So maybe some body weariness, traveling, maybe difficulty there. Maybe that's why the Browns are favored. But the Browns in their last 34 games are 1-32-1. This is their opportunity to bounce back from a winless 2017 season and a 2016 season that saw them win only one game. What was the last team? I believe the last team to be beaten by the Browns, if I'm not mistaken. I knew this because my kids watched a highlight video <laughs> of it. I feel like it was it was it the uh, Arizona Cardinals? The, the San Diego Chargers, Chargers were the last right. team that the Browns won. And uh, when was that law? When was that win the Browns got? That was Christmas Eve twenty sixteen. Is that right or it was uh or it was not? I remember it was Christmas in twenty sixteen. All right, we're trying to figure out when the last it was, official victory. It was the last time that any football reminded Browns fans of a Christmas. Danny G, you are like my wife. I can ask for a question while I'm driving the car and give her like multiple minutes to find out the answer to the question. And then it's, I, I can still somehow figure out the answer to the question on Google faster by just doing it myself while doing something else. So I can go in right now. I said to you as we came into the break, hey, figure out when the last time the Browns won a football game this, was. December 24th, 2016. See, I was All right, right. You got it right. Christmas Eve of 2016, the Browns won 20-17 to 17 over the Chargers. The, I, I just find this to be amazing that they're favored over the Jets. Remember, Bud Light has got all the beer that they put on ice and they say they're going to open it if they actually win this game. Um, the Browns are a three-point favorite. I think the play on this game is the under because I don't think very many game, very many points are going to be scored. But if the Browns lose this game, to me, that's the, that's the real question because it, let's if the Browns win, then we'll have a nice Thursday night storyline of, hey, the Browns won a football game. Uh, they don't suck anymore as bad, at least as we thought they were. They're 1-1-1. One, one, and one. That storyline will cover and lead into Friday, and I guarantee you it's how we will open our show. Here's what's wild, though. If they lose this game, maybe they would have a decent chance to win against the Raiders with uh, extra time to prepare. But then they play the Ravens, the Chargers, the Bucks, the Steelers, the Chiefs, the Falcons, the Bengals, the Texans, the Panthers, the Broncos, the Bengals, and the Ravens. I'm not sure that they would be favored in any game for the rest of the year if they lose this game. Doesn't mean they might not win as an upset, but this, I think, is going to be the last time that the Browns are favored this year. So if you are a Browns fan, first of all, you poor bastards. Secondly, you really need to win this game now because it might be the last time that you're actually favored to win a game this season. So in and of itself, I mean, the game may not matter that much. It's not like I think the Browns are competing to win the AFC North. I think the Bengals uh, and the uh, and the Ravens and the Steelers are all 
kind of equally equal chance in my mind right now to win the AFC North. I don't think the Browns are anywhere near it. But we're talking about another situation where the Browns could be staring at a defeated, as opposed to undefeated, a defeated season for effectively the third year in a row. Now, I polled you guys early in hour one, and I think everybody believed the Browns was going to win. Is that accurate, or was I, or am I misremembering that? No, Eddie was the only joy kill. That's right. Eddie didn't buy in. I'm kind of with Eddie. I'm not going to bet on the Browns to win a game until they actually win a game. So that is going on tonight. NFL Week 3 action kicking off. Browns hosting the Jets. Storyline on the other side, clearly, is how good is Sam Darnold. And also, I said this uh, earlier this week, not only how good is Sam Darnold as a rookie, but how bad is USC since Sam Darnold left? we got a Friday night USC game coming up against Washington State. The crazy stat that's out there right now is that Clay Helton has lost his last six games against FBS opponents when he did not have Sam Darnold as his quarterback. That's a little bit alarming if you are a USC fan. It makes you wonder how much uh, of the success that USC had was simply a function of having a transcendent talent at quarterback. And now that they've got a young quarterback playing and they don't have that do-everything top five caliber pick like they did with Sam Darnold, that's a pretty tough situation to uh, to dive into. I also think the other storyline here that's going to emerge and be fairly substantial is if Sam Darnold comes out and plays well, it won't be just that the Browns lost to Sam Darnold in the Jets. It will be that the Browns passed on Sam Darnold and their overall number one draft pick, Baker Mayfield, is sitting on the sideline. I think it's hard not to have that be a major storyline of this Thursday night football game. If you take a guy number one overall and the Jets take the second quarterback in that draft and the second quarterback in that draft is starting and it's not like Baker Mayfield is sitting behind Tom Brady. He's sitting behind another first-year player in Tyrod Taylor. Then I think there's a lot of people out there that will ask the question, did the Browns also get the quarterback decision wrong? Because the next three quarterbacks that were – next two quarterbacks that were drafted – are already starting, right? Josh Allen is starting for the Bills, and we got Sam Darnold starting for the Jets. Certainly, Josh Rosen, I would think, will be starting for the Cardinals at some point this season. And if the Browns go out and lose this game, I think there'll be a lot of pressure from Browns fans to go ahead and toss out Baker Mayfield and let him get his lumps in year one and go ahead and start him because it's not like you're playing for a championship why would you be allowing Tyrod Taylor to continue to be your guy once you continue to lose? So I think those storylines will all be uh, paramount tonight as we figure out what's going to happen in this uh, in this contest. Now, here's the other thing that I would say is significant out there in the world of sports right now. This story from the Wall Street Journal about Gene Smith deleting every text message on his phone so that when he turned over his phone to investigators to review it, there wasn't a single text message on it. I want to bring up the crew. By the way, Urban Meyer, no text messages over a year old, and a report that he immediately asked. Yeah, there's our Homer Simpson, Urban Meyer. And there's a report out there that Urban Meyer, in the official Ohio State report, asked how to delete old text messages from his phone. So in addition to the fact that Gene Smith turned in a phone without any text messages on it, he's the athletic director at Ohio State, Urban Meyer deleted all of his text messages, potentially 
of a year old or older. He says that he had nothing to do with it. It was automatic, but he asked how to do it. And then the next day he turned over his phone. If if you saw either a friend of yours phone or a significant other's phone and there wasn't a single text message on it, how creepy or weird would you think that was, Danny G? Yeah, I would think that that was shady because most of us at least have text messages that are a month old on our phone. Right. I mean, I delete a lot of text messages just naturally because I'm trying to free up space on my phone. To delete every text message that you send or receive and to turn over your phone to be investigate to investigators without a single text message on it is to me wild. I think that's crazy. Does anybody not think – I mean, Eddie Garcia, that would be really weird, right? You're married. If you saw your wife's phone and she had zero text messages on it, wouldn't you find that incredibly suspicious? Very much so. Without without question, that and is I don't very think there's weird. a I don't think there's a woman out there listening to us right now that if her husband had zero text messages on his phone, that they wouldn't think something shady was going on. Roberto, you're married. You're with me. How do you think your wife would react if you had zero text messages on your phone? I have no texts on my phone right now, Clay. Really? Nah, just kidding. Yeah, nah, no way. <laughs> I've never even heard of anybody doing that. Deleting also, every text also, the minute uh, that you get uh, it and seeing send a, it. Seeing a guy with uh, two phones is also kind of weird. It's kind of like... Yeah, if you've got a burner phone, then you're probably up to something, right? If yeah, you, exactly. Uh, but uh, either way, so I think that's strange. Clay, I had, also, I had an ex-girlfriend where the text messages were always blank, and that's why she's an ex-girlfriend. <laughs> she never kept any text... Yeah. Any t- like I would notice when she would be on her phone, te- there was nothing there for the text messages, and I always thought that that's not right. Did you ask her about it? I did, and she's like, "Oh, I just you know the memory on the phone. I just delete everything." And I'm like, mm, "Yeah." I mean, I don't know. First of all, I, I like I keep older text messages sometimes because you might not remember what the conversation was, right? If you immediately delete every text message that you send or receive, I don't know how you keep track on what's going back and forth. It's also really time consuming to make the decision to do that. So I think that's incredibly strange behavior to do. But here's what's even stranger. Ohio State knew in that report that Urban Meyer had asked how to delete all his old text messages. And then they got a cell phone from the athletic director that didn't have a single text message on it. If you were an investigator who was independently looking for the truth... Would you not think to yourself, man, that's strange. And here's what's also crazy about this. Ohio State could have spent 24 hours on this investigation. Again, this is from the Wall Street Journal. They've got a big report out about this today. Ohio State could have spent 24 hours on this, turned those phones over to a data retrieval specialist, and they would have been able to go back in and get a lot of those old text messages, and they chose not to do it. Tell me that you're not trying to avoid finding the truth out when you decide to do that like Ohio State did. Now, the contrast here that's also in the news is Mark Cuban is under fire right now because the official report came out about the Dallas Mavericks, the NBA investigation. And the Dallas Mavericks were running a franchise that was rampant. The people in positions of power were uh, sexually harassing uh, subordinates at an extreme rate according to the uh, the details that were uncovered in that investigation. And uh, and Mark Cuban went on ESPN and basically tried to, uh, to escape blame personally while at the same time throwing the organization under the bus. But here's my larger question. 
How is it that the NBA decides, you know what, we need to do a rigorous and thorough investigation of what happened here, and their investigation takes seven months, and Ohio State's investigation takes two weeks, and it was automatically limited on two weeks at the get-go. They said, oh, we're going to spend two weeks doing this. You can't tell me that these were in any way similar investigations. Ohio State didn't want to find anything incriminating about what Urban Meyer did, and so they did everything they could to avoid doing so. And to the NBA's credit, it appears that they wanted to get to the bottom of everything that happened to the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Mark Cuban's fired his president after the SI article. He's also hired a new woman to run the Mavs, and he's donating $10 million to charity. But I think it's hard for Mark Cuban to escape total responsibility here uh, because he has spent so much time condemning the decision-making of other places and other people And here, under his own nose, is a culture that was fundamentally broken and unfairly. Um, I I just think all of these stories kind of tie together uh, when you think about it, the Ohio State and the Dallas Mavericks investigation. We will talk a little bit more about that at the end of the show, but up next, we're going to talk with Todd Furman. He is on Lock It In, a new daily television show with me, 4.30 Eastern, 3.30 Central, 2.30 Mountain, 1.30 Pacific. We are on every single day. Monday to Friday, you can watch us make gambling picks and hopefully have fun for an hour. Uh, You can set your DVRs. Uh, Good feedback so far on this show. I appreciate all of you who are watching and giving me feedback. Uh, You can always find me on Twitter at Clay Travis. And uh, we're going to talk with Todd Furman next. We'll see what he thinks about the Browns game tonight. Uh, Is it a bet that he would like to make or does he think you should stay away? We'll talk about the NFL uh, week four, uh, sorry, NFL week three, as well as college football week four. All of that still to come. I want to tell you right now that my guys at uh, Granger can take care of you. We're brought to you by Granger. They are America's trusted source for industrial and safety supplies. Visit Granger.com. This is Outkick the Coverage. Up next, it's Todd Furman on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. TrueCar shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience as well. We're brought to you by Granger. Huddle up with Granger, America's trusted source for industrial supplies and safety products. Visit Granger.com for whatever you need, whenever you need it. Granger. For the ones who get it done, count on Granger to draw up a winning play. Visit Granger.com for industrial supplies and safety products to help your business cross the goal line. Granger for the ones who get it done. And I have not been getting it done in Major League Baseball gambling. As since we started Let It Ride, I have gone 0-6 gambling on Major League Baseball games, which is a pretty incredible outcome. Uh, Todd Furman has had better success on baseball, but you found out almost your entire team was getting benched and you still won last night, right? You know, it's amazing, Clay. First off, let me say that offspring lead-in with self-esteem, top shelf given how you perform betting baseball. So I like the irony there to get things started. You know, baseball is always a challenge, especially this late in the year when you try and figure out what the lineups are going to look like and how the managers are going to approach the extended bench. I can't wait for playoff baseball to get things underway. But what I find somewhat hysterical, Clay, is that you bet Clayton Kershaw two nights ago to have more than 10 strikeouts. You should have come back with the exact same bet last night for Walker Bueller, who yes. posts his career high with 12, and then all of a sudden you'd have been sitting in the catbird seat going towards this football weekend. 
it's amazing how often baseball you just swing from one extreme to another. Okay, let's break down Thursday night NFL action. The Browns are favored by three. If you look at the rest of the Browns schedule, there may not be another game that they're favored by depending on how some of these other teams break out, right, as the season progresses. So this is a massive game. You've also got Sam Darnold, who is starting already as the rookie quarterback the Jets drafted. you got Baker Mayfield on the bench, which I guarantee you Baker Mayfield hates. So what happens tonight? Well, you have so many different storylines uh, regarding Brown's futility. You look at their record, 132-1 and the last 34 times they've been out there. This team's 9-24 and against the spread, 4-12 and against the spread their last 16 at home, 8-16 and against the number the last 24 in conference. And this, as you mentioned, will be the first time they're favored since week three last year on the road where they are one-point chalk against the Colts. Cleveland has shown market improvement this year, and while it's not reflected in their 0-1-1 record, this is a defense that's looked extremely competent. They're still trying to find their way offensively. They're we're in their lower you know, third of the league as far as offensive efficiency is concerned. But they get the Jets, in my opinion, at the perfect time. Now, will that translate to a victory, or am I advocating for laying the points? Maybe not. But the Jets are on the road for the second time in a span of 10 days with a young quarterback. So you have to imagine that the offense is going to look very similar to what we saw on Sunday against the Dolphins, or very similar to what we saw the opening Monday night against the Lions. If Cleveland can't win this game with everything kind of stacked in their favor, I really begin to get concerned, not only about this team winning a game, but how much longer Hugh Jackson can call himself their head coach. And also, if Cleveland loses this game, doesn't the drumbeat to play Baker Mayfield start to begin in earnest? Because you're going to say, okay, look, we stink again. What are we trying to do by playing Tyrod Taylor? Maybe Tyrod Taylor makes it more likely we win five games instead of two or none. But what's the point then at that point of not getting your young quarterback in? I think it makes an awful lot of sense. If you start the season 0-2-1 with loss at home against the Jets on a short week, then you really have to wonder, can we compete this season? Should we be training our eye towards the future? And the betting implications of that, Clay, if Baker Mayfield is announced the starter potentially as early as next week against the Raiders, then you have to look at him you know, as a Rookie of the Year candidate, but he's probably surrounded by a few more weapons than what Sam Darnold has in New York. And while Jarvis Landry was touted as this great signing for them, he's not a guy that's going to give you the explosive big play potential, but you have to be optimistic about what Antonio Callaway has provided, kept being on the receiving end of that huge play against the Saints last weekend. And this Cleveland team does have difference makers. Uh, I think Baker Mayfield should be the guy under center for week four if they were to lose tonight. What do you think about the NFL slate in general? What games are jumping out to you that you look at and you say, man, this is an intriguing line. This is one to pay attention to. I mean, to me, it's not till Monday, but the Steelers-Bucks is probably the most interesting game of all next week action, of all this week action, I guess, if you want to say this, even though the game's being played next week. Uh, what kind of jumps out to you? Now, I would agree that that game on Monday night is going to tell us an awful lot about where the Steelers go from here. I mean, this is a locker room with more infighting than you see in some, you know, fabricated drama on E and Bravo going when you look at Big Ben, Antonio Brown, Levy and Bell and all the players speaking out. But as far as Sunday's concerned, uh, Carson Wentz's return for Philadelphia, I think that's going to be interesting to see what he looks like and how expansive the playbook is. With Doug Peterson coming out this weekend, uh, this week saying he's not going to call the game scared or anything along those lines. We get the first of two meetings between the two favorites uh, in the NFC South. This game takes on added importance between the Saints and Falcons, given the 2-0 start we've seen from Tampa. 
Uh, and then when we look towards the afternoon slate, the Chargers and Rams, the battle for L.A., I'm interested to see how the Los Angeles Chargers look against one of the best teams in the league because they have that season-opening loss against Kansas City. They've already fallen from the favorite to win the NFC West to about a 5-2 to two underdog. And if Kansas City is able to get to 3-0 and beating San Francisco amid this Mahomes hype train, all of a sudden Anthony Lynn starts to come under the microscope as well for what the Chargers aren't doing on the football field. How would you assess the first eight days of our show? I think it's been challenging, as any new show will be. I mean, you look at the personalities, yourself, Cousin Sal, Rachel, uh, and me. We haven't really done live TV five days a week, but I really believe that chemistry and the camaraderie, uh, the ball busting, and just having a good time. Uh, and I kind of judge it, Clay, by when we're there in the seats and the show starts at 1.30 Pacific every day, it almost feels like it flies by. We're looking at it. All of a sudden, we're talking about our final bets for the night, and I think the outpouring of support through social media has been tremendous. Folks really enjoying that we're not yelling at each other. We're trying to break these games down, and we're covering the biggest stories in the sports landscape with actionable items through sports gambling. Are you surprised that there hasn't been more negativity? Uh, like Social media in general, it seems to me, marinates in negativity for much of the day, right? People are upset. They're angry about things. I expected that there would be a ton of negativity associated with the show. It's been an outpouring of positivity. I'm kind of blown away by it. Uh, Are you? Well, anytime that uh, Clay Travis is associated with a project, I instantly assume there's going to be negativity. So that in and of itself, Clay, maybe Cousin Sal and myself, the likability from the two of us rubbing off on you. Uh, But it's definitely been surprising. Uh, I knew gambling Twitter wasn't always necessarily going to be a fan. Uh, But let's be honest here. We're not catering to that 10% that calls themselves professional bettors. We're trying to get to the casual sports fan who just may want a different way to kind of look at sports. And what I think we've done so well on the show You may not actually be putting your own money into play on Saturday and Sunday, or especially with some of the futility that they've seen from our baseball picks. It gives you a rooting interest, and whether they're rooting for or against the three of us, I think that in and of itself creates that game show element and hopefully gets people coming back for more. And as we look at the numbers over the first week, the first month, and the remainder of football season, uh, we're going to see more and more people uh, looking to try and keep tabs on exactly how our picks are performing. All right, so let's go to college football. There are several really fascinating games, I think, going on in college football in general this weekend, and they really kind of get going. I know there's a game tonight, but they really, to me, get going on Friday night with FAU, UCF, with uh, Penn State, Illinois, and Washington State on the road against USC. That's three pretty interesting games from both a just-watch-the-game perspective and a gambling perspective. I'm on the over in FAU-UCF. That number has just continued to roar. I like the Illini on a Friday night, and increasingly I'm thinking I should jump on Washington State against USC. Washington State is 3-0 and against the number. USC is 0-3. It's rare you get one of these matchups. What do you think? Oh, when I look at Friday's games, I'm actually on the total with you for FAU and UCF, obviously at better numbers than what the market offers now. And like I said on the show, Clay, all I ask is that you don't celebrate us cashing an over ticket until we actually see that game go over the total so we don't have to relive Old Miss and Alabama. Penn State, Illinois, as you mentioned, Champagne will be a little bit sleepy on a Friday night. I'm fighting Illini fans, I would have to think. Uh, Hope. Hope they get a better performance from their team than what they saw when they played host in Nebraska last season in a similar spot. And Friday night, you'd like to say it's 
USC's last stand. Washington State really hasn't been tested thus far. USC hasn't exactly performed all that admirably. So this will be a revenge game from a season ago when they lost in Pullman. But if they were to lose in this spot and start in conference 0-2, the Bluebirds will be out in full force. I'll actually be at that game myself, so I'm curious to see the atmosphere at the Coliseum Live. And then when we shift our focus towards Saturday, I know right in your backyard, Florida, Tennessee, you know, maybe that's a game for the second best team in the SEC East, although you make the case that Georgia, Missouri will separate the haves from the have-nots. Stanford, Oregon, a great game. Iowa, Wisconsin added intrigue in the Big Ten West. So not a ton of games, at least from a casual fan this weekend, that I think you say are must-see TV. Uh, but the games early in the season, especially in conference play, will really define what storylines we're going to be talking about in the middle of October. Yeah, there's no doubt. And also the only real other than, and I want to get into that Oregon-Stanford game a little bit with you, but Alabama is hosting Texas A&M. A&M's right now the 22nd best team, and I know I'm going to have your top 10 for for outkick up, your Vegas top 10. But Alabama right now, clearly I think the number one team in the country, Texas A&M at number 22. Bama's around a 26-point favorite. It's one of the biggest spreads we've ever seen between two top 25 teams. How much better in your mind is Alabama right now than whoever the second best team is in college football? And I don't know who your answer is right now. I haven't looked at your official uh, Vegas top 10. But how much would Bama be favored by over the second best team in college football right now? It's not quite a touchdown, but it's getting there awfully quickly when you look at the way things will set up. And I'll give you my top three right now, and folks can check out the rest, as you said, and I'll kick the coverage when the column goes up shortly. Alabama number one. Georgia has actually slid into the number two spot. I love what I've seen from this team. Still have questions about them defensively, especially in a matchup against Tua and Alabama, should we be so lucky to see that in the SEC title. And Ohio State, number three. But for me personally, right now, I make Alabama a six-and-a-half-point favorite against Georgia on a neutral, and there will be some odds makers that are even stronger in that particular game. So it just goes to show how much better Alabama is is in the rest of the field. I just want to see two out there for four quarters in this Alabama offense click on all cylinders. But you mentioned the game against Texas A&M, and while the Aggies were awfully close to pulling the biggest upset of the early college football schedule against Clemson two weeks ago, uh, this is a team that's a little bit limited offensively. I think Alabama much more dynamic. They'll have a ton of success moving the football against this Aggies defense. And when you get a number that large, it's actually been bet up from 23.5 to 27. That tells you all you need to know, that this is an underdog that I think has more fleas than it does have potential to cover. We're talking to Todd Furman. Follow him on Twitter at Todd Furman. You can watch him every day with me on Lock It In, uh, 4.30 Eastern, 1.30 Pacific on FS1. With that in mind, how do you play Bama? Because Bama <laughs> is such a fa- – they're 3-0 and against the number right now. It seems like Vegas can't even set the numbers high enough for Bama. Um, how do you play them when they are kind of the juggernaut lording itself over everything else in college football? Do you play some future odds? I know you did on our show – took Georgia at 8-1, to one, hoping, I guess, they can pull off the upset over Alabama uh, either in the SEC championship game or potentially if both make the playoff that they could beat them uh, maybe in the title game again. How do you play Alabama as such a favorite? Do you go ahead and put money on Alabama? Uh, they're almost like the Golden State Warriors right now of college football. 
Yeah, it's getting increasingly difficult, and I would tell folks to kind of shop around if you think that Alabama is going to be your pick to win the national championship. And what's ironic, Clay, when you look, Alabama, if you want to bet them out here in the desert, you actually have to lay a price. And what I mean by that, put up $1.25 to make a dollar coming back at the Westgate Superbook should you want to bet Alabama to win the national title. Now, if you shop around offshore and you go to betonline.ag, you might be able to find them in that 3-2 to two range. But it just goes to show how prohibitive a favorite they really are. Uh, at this juncture of the season. And when we talk about Tua, I know you've been on the hype train as far as what he looks like for a Heisman Trophy contender and frontrunner. Those odds, less than 2-1, to one, and he hasn't even played a full football game yet. So right now it's getting damn near impossible to try and make a case to bet Alabama. I may get to the point in the season where I'm not even handicapping their games because I don't want to step in front of that freight train and their capabilities for big plays uh, and explosive offensive outbursts, uh, but I definitely don't want to lay points with a team that bookmakers are going to force you to pay a premium on each and every week. A lot of people waking up on the West Coast with us right now as it's approaching uh, 535-ish on the, uh, on the West Coast. Stanford-Oregon is the biggest game between two teams that could still have a, a substantial aspirations, right? They're both undefeated. Uh, they both have a chance to, uh, to contend in the Pac-12 North, maybe to slide into that second spot and feel like, hey, if we beat Washington, we can be the, uh, the Pac-12 North uh, division champ and then maybe put ourselves in, the, in, in, a, in a mix for a playoff spot. I don't really have a good sense what's going to happen in this game because we got a first-year coach at Oregon. Uh, we don't really know how good the Ducks are. They've been a little bit erratic. David Shaw, it appears the defense at Stanford is legit, but Stanford has gone on the road, to be fair, and lost a lot of games you didn't anticipate Stanford losing over the years, even as good as David Shaw has been. How do you break this game down? Uh, when I look at this, I think it's an elimination game. Uh, in the Pac-12 North and the national championship race, while I don't think Stanford and Oregon are viable national title contenders, as long as you stay undefeated in a power conference, you have a chance. So we can start with Oregon, whose strength is in schedule through their first three games. I have ranked dead last when you beat up on the likes of Bowling Green, Portland State, and San Jose State. And they didn't even beat up on San Jose State last weekend. Justin Herbert, a pedestrian, 16 of 34 throwing the football against a defense that was 125th in the country coming in. Now, Oregon has struggled mightily against Stanford. They haven't won in this series since 2014, but there's something for me with Stanford that appears to be missing. Through their first three games, they've yet to score more than 31 points, and it may not take more than that to win this game this coming weekend, but the undisclosed injury that Bryce Love suffered that held him out of the UC Davis game, little birdies have told me that's a concussion. You have no idea when that may potentially come back and the impact it could have on the Stanford offense, because when he's not out there, it puts a lot more pressure on K.J. Costello and J.C. J.J. Asiga-Whiteside, my gut tells me that Mario Cristobal and Oregon have held back most of the wrinkles in their playbook, much like Oklahoma State did in their first two games before throwing the kitchen sink at Boise. So when I look at this number here, I want no part of laying points with Stanford on the road despite their recent series dominance, but until this number got to a full field goal, uh, I can't walk to the window with confidence backing Oregon, even though I think they actually may have the better defense with, under defensive coordinator Jim Levitt's watchful eye. Good stuff, Furman. I'll see you on television on FS1 later this afternoon. Always look forward to it, Clay. The highlight of my day, seeing your beautiful face staring right back at me on those monitors. Hey, you and many other people out there. Uh, that is Todd Furman. We are coming to you live, by the way, from the Geico Outkick Studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier and we're brought to you by Granger, America's trusted source for industrial and safety supplies. Visit Granger.com. Eddie Garcia, what you got for me? 
Geico scoreboard for you from Major League Baseball, where the Dodgers beat the Rockies 5-2. Yasiel Puig with a pinch hit three-run homer for the game tied 2-2 in the seventh. That was the difference. L.A. now with a two-and-a-half game lead on Colorado for first in the NL West. Cardinals lost to the Braves 7-3, so the Rockies still remain a game and a half back of St. Louis for that last wildcard spot in the National League. The Cubs were shut up by the Diamondbacks 9-0. Brewers blanked the Reds 7-0. Milwaukee moves two and a half back of Chicago in the race for first in the NL Central. Mariners shut off the Astros 9 Nothing while the A's rolled over the Angels 10-0. Houston's lead in the AL West is down to four games on Oakland. And the Yankees beat the Red Sox 10-1, second straight night that Boston was denied a chance to clinch the AL East title. This report brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Back to Clay Travis in the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. The Browns trying to bounce back from 132-1. We'll give you our final thoughts on Browns Jets. Plus, I got an interesting stat for you. There's a wide this is this is a tease that's gonna make everybody in Fox Sports Radio just go, damn. This is the best tease I've ever heard. There is a wide receiver you don't know who is the best performing young wide receiver in the history of the NFL. Who is it? I'll tell you next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios, final segment, Thursday edition. Hope all of you are having fantastic starts to kind of the end of your week. Tomorrow's Friday, you've almost made it. We're brought to you by Granger, America's trusted source for industrial and safety supplies. Visit Granger.com. Um, I want to reiterate again uh, that I think it's crazy that the NBA and Mark Cuban are basically going to get away with everything that went on down in um, Dallas with a $10 million fine and hiring a woman as president. But I want to say that at least the NBA got to the bottom of everything that was going on with the Dallas Mavericks. When they were confronted with an ugly situation, they didn't run away from it. They conducted a seven-month investigation that rigorously examined every single detail associated with that case. Unlike Ohio State, which allowed an athletic director to turn in his phone with zero text messages on it, unlike... Ohio State, which allowed Urban Meyer to ask how to delete all text messages on his phone over a year old, and then miraculously, go figure, when he turns in his cell phone, there are no text messages over a year old. Ohio State could have easily gotten access to all of those assets by just giving the phones to a data retrieval specialist for 24 hours. They chose not to do so because they were trying to figure out any way they could to keep Urban Meyer employed. So while I don't agree with the decisions that were made in Dallas or with Mark Cuban's poor me, how was I supposed to know about what was going on at my business? How could I know that my CEO was harassing 15 different women? How do you expect me to know that? My question would be, how do we expect you not to know that? Be one thing if you had a CEO who had an improper relationship with one woman and they kept it secret, and then later on you find out about it, and you're like, man, nobody knew about this. They kept this really secret. When your CEO has been harassing, according to the NBA report, 15 different women, and you're Mark Cuban, and you say, man, I don't know how I was supposed to know about this, my response would be, you should know. And the question is, how did you not know 15 women? That's a lot of women who were being inappropriately treated at their at your employment 
your place of employment, the place, the business that you own, you can't just say, I didn't know, I don't know how I was supposed to know when something is that extreme and excessive. That's my opinion on it. Uh, I gave you a tease. I do think this is an amazing stat, and I think uh, maybe this is a little bit explaining why Antonio Brown responded the way he did. In the history of the NFL, who has got the most yards per target for wide receivers 21 and under in their first 16 games? Now, this is the history of the NFL, wide receivers ages 21 and under in their first 16 games. I saw this stat from the Wall Street Journal, and I was like, wow, this is pretty impressive. I never would have guessed it. Juju Smith-Schuster has got 106 uh, targets for 1,157 yards. He's averaging 10.92 yards per target. Number two on this list, Randy Moss. You want a stat that will blow everybody's mind Juju Smith-Schuster have, has averaged more yards per target in his first 16 games with the Pittsburgh Steelers than Randy Moss did with his first 16 games with the Minnesota Vikings. I think that's an. I think a lot of people out there are going to be like, wow, I can't believe that. Um, pretty incredible. Now, Randy Moss ended up with more yards, but he was targeted a bit more. Um, so yards per target, Juju Smith-Schuster has been more, exclo- more explosive in his first 16 games for the Pittsburgh Steelers than Randy Moss was in his first 16 games for the Minnesota Vikings. If you remember that era when Randy Moss joined the Vikings, that is pretty uh, That is pretty wild. That's pretty incredible. All right, tonight's game. Thursday night football, NFL Week 3 action begins, and we have got, I think, a really intriguing game to pay attention to here. What is going to happen? Pittsburgh Steelers. Sorry, are uh, obviously drama queens here. And I was just talking about Juju Smith-Schuster, so I'm thinking about the Steelers. But the Cleveland Browns are 132-1 and in their last 34 games. The New York Jets, 1-1, and have already won a Monday night football game with their rookie quarterback. It should be, I think, if we really wanted to make this game really exciting, Sam Darnold against Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield still on the bench, even though he's the number one overall pick. I'm going on the under in this game, and I actually think the Jets have a good chance to win. I really do. And if the Browns lose this game, the only reason I'm not 100% comfortable betting on the Jets is three games in 11 days is tough, especially when two of them have been on the road. You open with a Monday night game, you play a Sunday, then you have a Thursday. That's a tough schedule stretch in general for anybody, much less a rookie quarterback. So the play, I think, is the under. I think it's going to be a low-scoring, ugly game. I'd like to see the Browns win just because I'd like to stop talking about how much the Browns stink. And then when they continue to lose for the rest of the season, the story can be, why don't they go ahead and hand the reins to Baker Mayfield? Why wouldn't they? Um, How long till Hugh Jackson gets fired? Those are the Browns stories I anticipate. But I think they will win by maybe one point or so in a really ugly game. I think it's going to be like 17-16, 14-10, It'll be low scoring. The play here is the under. I'll give out that pick also on Lock It In uh, this evening but or this afternoon. But I'm telling you right now, the play is the under in this game. It's going to be low scoring and ugly. And a lot of you are going to be out there saying, why in the world do the Cleveland Browns just not go ahead and let Baker Mayfield start start games for them going forward? And by the way, if the Jets come on the road and win, 
that is going to be incredibly difficult for Cleveland Browns fans to take because the quarterback they decided to take over Sam Darnold is going to be still sitting on the bench, not playing. Pressure about to get ratcheted up in a big way. Will Hugh Jackson get it done finally? Will the Browns' long national nightmare end? Will those Bud Light cases open up and everybody get free beer in Cleveland? We'll know tomorrow and we'll break it all down for you. Appreciate all of you. We're also going to have a special Animal Thunderdome podcast going up for you tomorrow. If you're traveling over the weekend, if you want to be entertained, it's the best Animal Thunderdomes. Danny G put it together. Download the podcast. Love all of you. Happy Thursday from OutKick. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com.